Hi, I'm Dr. John Hadley from the Maths Centre for Enhancement in Education, and you're listening to the Academy's Developing Practice podcast. really lovely to speak to you today Joel, thanks so much for taking some time. Um, we're really interested in this idea of um, personalised learning and also the use of technology to support students um, in their learning. Um, I was just wondering if we could start from the beginning and you tell us a little bit about your professional background and how you've arrived at your position today um, at the university. Uh, so I did my PhD at the university um, in pure maths, an area called singularity theory. Um, and I started teaching pretty much straight away. Um, I always tried to enhance what I was doing and looked around at what other people were doing. I got very heavily involved in outreach um, and eventually I ended up on, on a TNS contract um, specialising in maths education. So now I run a, an education module and I'm programme director for a um, program with qualified teacher status that runs jointly with John Moores. Oh brilliant, okay. So um, you were saying you were involved in the outreach, what, what does that involve? Um, so it involves going to schools or sometimes it involves schools coming here um, and what we've done in the last few years is we've embedded that into one of our second year modules. Um, so my students as part of their assessment deliver an outreach activity. Brilliant. So you're now um, Programme Director for an um, undergraduate course? That's right. So it's an undergraduate Master's. Um, it's delivered jointly with John Moores University. Um, and students who graduate have qualified teacher status at the point of graduation. And they get a nice government bursary along the way. Brilliant. That's great. <laughs> so um, so more recently, recently then, can you tell us some, some of the things that you've been doing around using technology to support personalised learning? Uh, and what, what, do you, what do we mean by personalised learning in the context in which you're working in? Well, I'll start by talking about the, the technology, if that's okay. Sure, yeah, great. Um, so we, we use a, a software package called Mobius, which is a, an online learning and assessment platform. Um, and I was involved in a, a large-scale deployment across the department with this. So when I say large-scale, we have some modules with more than 500 students. Uh, and those modules now have 100% of their continuous assessment automated and, and done online. So it's, um, you could think about that as a bit of a fix for the problem of large classes, but really it's an enhancement for students because they're getting timely feedback and consistent feedback, which is very hard to achieve for that many students. So for this rollout, um, I got funding for an internship um, so I had PhD students and undergraduate students helping programming because one of the barriers to role techno uh, technological supported learning out is staff expertise. So, so we found a way where staff had full control of the pedagogy but didn't need that expertise. Um, I think it's worked quite well. It's in 16 modules now. Um, so if you talk about individual assignments, so this is counting individual students as well, it's more than 20,000 assignments a year fully automated assessment. That's really interesting. So you're saying that the staff didn't need the expertise as such because your PhD students did. Was the, was the training for the PhD students in terms of understanding the technology? Yeah, that, that's, that's right and that's what happened. Um, and now we've got um, PhD students who've been in the, the team a while 
are training the new PhD students who are just coming in. So we, we've made it uh, self-sustaining um, and we've also got advice um, now for staff based on our previous experience to inform their pedagogy of using this online assessment tool. Brilliant. So just being a bit of a novice, can you explain to us in kind of layman's terms, in terms of what the tool looks like and how the students interact with it? Well, if you think about a, a normal VLE tool, a normal VLE tool might have uh, multiple choice or it might have enter a number. And quite often these questions, if they're random, then it's random selected from a bank of pre-programmed questions. Yeah. Um, the software we use, it's random based on a mathematically generated random number. So whereas a question bank might have 10 questions, ours could have infinitely many. And that random variable then feeds into the solution and we're able to give students fully worked solutions and feedback, whatever number is randomly generated at the beginning. It also lets students enter things um, in a bit of a richer format. So for example, I could say to a student, give an example of a function with certain properties. They type in the function, infinitely many right answers, infinitely many wrong answers, but this system can check. Fab. And can you tell us a little bit about how you're then embedding that in the learning experience for the students? Is this happening in class? Is it something that they do alongside the formalised teaching? It's usually done in most modules for assessment. Um, there's some interesting work being done, um, how to really measure deep understanding with, with this tool um, and how to get higher order learning outcomes with this tool. But because we've got such high student numbers, our focus has really been to get the, the low-hanging fruit. So some of the low-order material in maths, it is just a case of given this set of numbers and this method, apply the method to these numbers and give an answer. So it, by automating that, it frees up our time as staff and, and educators that really help students with the, the higher-order things because the students can do most of the lower-order things on their own. Great. Right. Well, so. I take it then that the VLA can't do that. Is it? Is this something? Is it something? Did you look external because the the functionality around VLEs don't offer this? Um, I don't know of any VLE that can do this natively. Right. So the the software we use, Mobius, just works via an LTI plugin. It's VLE independent. Right. Okay. So whatever VLE we use, we just embed into the VLE. So just um, in terms of me trying to do some reading around this subject, I've been having a little look at um, Hummel's work, um, which looks at um, how, well, they've obviously researched how um, learning technologies can clearly offer new opportunities for effective exchange to kind of support personalised learning. Is that the kind of direction that you've um, come from in terms of the work that you've done? Well, the, the personalised learning, how it appears in, in our deployment is slightly different. So I, I think Hummel talks more about the, the environment of learning. And it is true that we get some advantages use, using this online assessment. So students can try it wherever they are. You know, they don't have to be on campus. There are some modules where we, we use this for the deployment or the dissemination of information, um, where it takes the place of lectures. Um, so in, in that sense, yeah, it is similar to, to Hummel. But I was, um, when I say personalised learning, I, I'm thinking something slightly different. Um, so I, because of my education and school background, um, 
one thing that's very common in school, which isn't so common in university, is this idea of differentiated instruction. So the idea that it doesn't matter how good someone is, they can always do a bit better and try to come up with a method to, to help them do that. What this online assessment allows us to do is to blend diagnostic, formative and summative assessment. So say we've got an assessment that's worth some percentage of the, of the module mark. Traditionally, with a paper assessment, students would fill it in, hand it in, and that would be it, we mark it. Yeah. And it's difficult to, to get a, a, a feedback loop with that type of assessment, mm. because if students are learning something and being assessed on something regularly, where's the time for the feed forward? It, it's difficult to get that. We, you know, we, we do try in our other modules, but with the modules that use online assessment, it's quite straightforward. We can give students three attempts at assignment and in between each attempt, we can even set it up so that the correct answers are, are locked in. They get feedback between each attempt. Um, and what that does is it really motivates students to self-diagnose by looking at feedback, see which questions they need to work on, and then we only assess them again on the questions that they need to work on. So by the end, we we're going to have a lot of students with 100% in these assessments, but it'll be 100% because they can do everything. Yeah, yeah, it's a truly formative assessment, then, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess <coughs> it's this—it's the online platform that's giving that feedback, so the tutor isn't. That's right. Um, we we do try to make it as clear as possible to students that um, this platform is not about saving us time. This platform is about adding value to their experience. Sure. And, and that if they have any problems with the platform or if they don't know an answer, we're still here to help and we, we do want to help. Um, that message is um, important. And we, um, when, when we first rolled this out to students, I'm not sure we made that so clear, but we're, we're making a really concerted effort now to explain to students why this is good for them and that they should still come and speak to us if they're, if they're unsure. But right. I guess one of the positives is, is that tutors are able to focus on the teaching and learning experience rather than just endlessly marking papers. Exactly. Um, so what feedback have you had from tutors? Um, the tutors really like it. Um, and yeah, not much more to say. Great, brilliant. <laughs> Real. So I take it then some of the, you just mentioned there that you've, you've slightly changed the practice there with the students. Was that one of the challenges of rolling it out? And do, did, you, did you come across any more? Yeah, so there were some challenges with rolling it out. So there's, there are some questions, for example, where on paper it would be quite easy to just look at what the student did. The student could write it down easy, we can look at it easily, and it's easy to just give it a tick or a cross. On the online platform, some of these more complex answers, um, it takes students time to enter it, and a small mistake in entering it mm even if the math is completely right, can, can lose them the mark. Right. So um, we've reviewed all of our materials and now say there are three parts of a solution. We won't say enter all of them. We'll just say, here's the first two, enter the third. And we try and simplify the entry as much as possible in a way that still tests the learning outcome. Yeah. And since we've done that, we've had much better experience. What we, what we have always done is let students claim marks back where the maths is right but the way they've entered it is wrong. We've, we've said to students from the beginning we're assessing your maths and this is helping us assess your maths 
we're not assessing your ability to use the platform. Mm. So um, how have you assessed student feedback on this? Obviously, I'm guessing from what you're saying, they're, they're saying it's a positive experience. <coughs> how, how have you picked that up from them? So as part of my um, PG cert, mm -hmm. um, I actually did a, um, some action research in, in my module on this. Um, it's quite interesting that the students seem to do better after this, um, but the students didn't necessarily pick up on the, the benefits that, that I did. So, so from my point of view, um, in, in my module I um, had a hybrid approach where the students had to write their solutions as well as submit them online. And I had a rubric for marking their, their writing. So things like Write full sentences, a graph should be reasonable width. Just a basic rubric to, to help their mathematical writing. And in the exam, after I implemented this, the mathematical writing had really improved. Interesting, okay. So I've evaluated it that way. Um, the students uh, liked that it was convenient, mm -hmm. and liked that they have multiple attempts. Um, they didn't quite pick up on the educational benefits, but they were satisfied. Brilliant, okay. Um, so thinking a little bit now about, uh, well, kind of building on that experience in terms of the student experience. When you and I were speaking earlier, um, before we started rec recording, um, you were talking about how the technologies really supported student collaboration. Um, and that's something I'm really interested in, rather than, um, well, it's, it's helped to guard against student collusion. Um, and there's a big push, as you know, at the moment in terms of academic integrity, um, can you just explain to us a little bit about how it supported students to really collaborate together? Well, the first thing is, I, I'm not claiming to have solved the problem of no, collusion. No, of course not. <laughs> That's a shame. <laughs> um, but what I, what I did notice, just from observing, being in the same room as students and observing them when they were doing this homework, previously when it was on paper and everyone had the same question, you'd hear students say, what's the answer? Now, students have got different questions and you hear them say, how do I get the answer? They can't just share the answers, they have yeah. to share the methods. So I think it definitely encourages this kind of collaboration um, and discourages collusion. Um, I did explicitly look at that in my action research, but I, even though I, I, I still believe it to be the case, I wasn't actually able to evidence it. Sure, thank you. So if we just fast forward a bit, you, you mentioned this right at the beginning um, on some of the things that you've done since. So you received a University of Liverpool Learning and Teaching Scholarship in 2018-19 for the work which, which awards colleagues who are involved in innovative learning and teaching practice from across the institution. So how was, how was the scholarship supported or how did the scholarship support your work? Um, so what, what did it pay for? How did it advance? Well, I bought a laptop. Great, good start. <laughs> always, always needed. Yeah, well, especially when you're into um, online assessment. Yeah. Um, so I've, you, you can, uh, people listening won't be able to see my office, but um, I've actually got another screen in the drawer, which makes a grand total of five screens <laughs> on my desk. There's a good amount. I can confirm. There there's a good amount of tech in this office. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I need a, so the the laptop. I've, my other laptop is quite heavy, but good for heavy work. Yeah. The one I bought was really light and mobile, um, so I, I um, 
give presentations on how to adopt this assessment platform, why to adopt this assessment platform. Um, yeah, so I need to, I just need to be mobile. So I got a laptop. Brilliant, and yeah. I guess that I'm just trying to work out the for for colleagues who are listening to this and thinking about developing their own technology, whatever that looks like for their discipline, um, to enhance the student experience. I'm just um, thinking about. I'm guessing it was really labour intensive to start with, but longer term, um, having this in place will support your work. So having the laptop's really, really helpful for that. Um, am I making sense in terms of my question of... Um, I think so. Um, the internship paid for itself in the first year, just just on savings for, for marking. Great, okay, yeah. Okay, so once it's set up, um, the, it is labour intensive, it's it's costly to start with, but then the payoff is seen further down the line. And the payoff is, is significant, but it, it depends how you how you measure it. Because if, if you measure it based on the number of assignments marked and the, the TA time that would have gone into that and lecturer time that would have gone into that, um, it's probably more than 50,000 a year, mm -hmm. 50,000 pounds. Mm. But another way of looking at it is we're not saving anything. Because that time we get back, we're investing it into the student experience in more valuable ways. Absolutely. Sure. Brilliant. Sure. Thank you. Okay, so do you think it was a lot of effort to, to get it up and running? It was a lot of effort and it was a lot of cost as well. Right. Um, but now that it is up and running, it's self-sustaining and it's paying for itself. We actually recouped the initial investment in the first year it ran. Wow. Um, and if you look at the, the cost savings, so PhD student time and, and staff time marking, um, we, you, could even, you could argue that we save about £50,000 a year by, by using this approach. But if you look at that in another, from another perspective, we're actually not saving anything because we're still investing that time in students. Yeah. We're just investing it in a way that's more valuable for their education. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned time there as, a, as an ob obvious benefit. And the fact that it paid for itself within its first year is, is, is pretty impressive. Were there, were there any other benefits that you found from using the software or the tool? Yeah, so there's a, a particular lecturer who um, wanted to improve the way students um, wrote their answers. And in their exam previously, um, the, the answers were very casual um, or not very rigorous. So what this lecturer did is within this platform, included some scaffolding for, for mathematical writing. So it was filling the gaps mm. uh, with sentences that this lecturer wanted repeating in the exam. And in the, the exam that year, virtually every student used those sentences. Right. Whereas previously it was a very low percentage and a bit hit and miss. Yeah. Okay. So it really helped. Um, another thing that the platform can do, which is what we, we want to pursue in future, say a student passes an assignment well, it can unlock an advanced assignment, or if they fail an assignment, it can unlock a remedial assignment. So this goes back to this idea of personalised learning and yeah. differentiated instruction. Uh, we're giving students opportunities to succeed, whatever success means for that particular mm -hmm. student. Um, and it's also linked to um, teaching for mastery. So this is um, very popular in primary schools mm -hmm. at the moment. It's making its way into secondary schools. Um, and um, so Chris Sanguin wrote a paper um, about this, which is based on Bloom's idea of teaching for mastery, which he uses online assessment tools. 
That's really interesting what you're saying about mastery. Um, I, I'm a, the chair of governors at a local primary school and we've started to talk a lot about mastery, particularly in terms of maths actually, and supporting um, the children to kind of practice and journal what they're doing in terms of their maths, um, kind of not just focusing on the, on the end answer, but actually working with them in terms of the process. Is that, is that what you're talking about in terms of higher education? Yeah, it's, it's close. Um, I'm also a governor of a local primary school um, and they're really involved in maths mastery as well. Um, so mastery is, you can think of mastery as an outcome, a learning outcome. So um, quite often when we're um, comparing taxonomies of learning in maths, we have mastery at the top and fluency uh, beneath it. So as a learning outcome, mastery is, is, as you say, the ability to go deeper and, and describe what you're doing and not necessarily just do it. As a teaching practice, I think of mastery as a type of differentiation by pace. So uh, that, that is where you want all your class to achieve a certain standard before you progress. And the students who do it faster can go on to more advanced things and the students who do it slower get more support but are still enabled to achieve this this like required standard. So I'm trying to do something similar in, in my second year module. Um, I flipped this module um, and all my um, I don't have lectures, they're all on the this online platform. So once students have completed this the preparation every week we have a, an active learning session together. Um, and once they've unlocked two they unlock the assessment and there are six assessments all worth 30% of the module they get unlimited attempts so I'm expecting a lot of 100% um, but the assessment is it's the fluency level so I'm trying to get everyone in the class to this common standard enough to pass the module and then the final exam will be assessments above these thresholds that's so interesting. So you've done away with lectures, talking at the students, you put that all online so they hear the, the input ahead of time and then they're bringing that learning into the classroom um, where you're engaging with them in an, in an active way in terms of helping them to then take what they've learned and apply it. Um, and what's the student feedback been about um, in terms of that? Um, so last year it was good, um, but last year I hadn't completely flipped it. Last year I was using the videos as supplementary materials um, and I was still lecturing a bit in class because mm -hmm. I, I, didn't, um, I didn't want to do too much too quickly no. until I had the confidence that it was going to go well. Um, but now I've, I've gone fully flipped um, and the students are really engaged. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm getting more than 90% every week doing the preparation. Um, in class I can see people writing even you know before I, I show the, the answer so the, I think I'm getting high engagement in class so I think it's going well we'll see yeah brilliant thank you that's really interesting okay um, well we like to finish each podcast with three or four kind of take-home tips that the listeners could reflect on in terms of their own personal practice so kind of broadening it out a bit to um, a variety of listeners from different disciplines. Um, can you just give us three or four tips that we could think about um, and reflect on? Okay, I think the first thing is to make sure you recognise students as partners in this rollout. This, the online assessment platform has got many, many advantages. 
and it's got some disadvantages and the, I think the key point is just to make sure that they're not passed on to students. This, this is all about enhancing the student experience and we can work around the, the subtleties of, of the programme. Uh, the second piece of advice if you want to start using some online assessment is start small and start simple. Make sure you're confident with it and you can then always evolve and increase your practice um, later on. And finally, always feel free to ask me for help. We've got lots of experience in the department um, and we're always happy to disseminate and then support people. Uh, the Learning and T Teaching Fellowship has been particularly helpful with this and has helped me make a number of connections around the university. Um, and Mobius is being used in modules now in engineering, electrical engineering, geography, and we're even going to be talking to more departments and hopefully support others in this rollout. Thanks, Joel. That's been really interesting. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your time. Thank you. was really interesting. Um, I loved hearing how Joel had um, been involved in this practice and then he'd applied for his learning and teaching fellowship um, and then used that to um, further enhance what he was doing around purchasing some more technology but also working with his um, interns to develop this practice so that they could fully think about the student experience and use their time to the best um, that they could to to really support the students in their learning. Yeah, um, I think my key takeaway from that uh, conversation with, with Joel there was when he discovered or when he noticed that the students weren't asking each other for the answer to the equation or to the problem that had been set, they were asking for the method of how to solve it. Um, so they were, if, well, they were really collaborating in that in that space at that time. So yeah, so really interesting, good to hear. Great. Well, we hope that was um, interesting to you. If you'd like to go to the website, um, which is liverpool.ac.uk forward slash the hyphen academy, there's some additional resources on there that will hopefully um, support your reflections on this topic. Um, some resource, resources to do with digital fluency, um, personalised learning, technology enhanced learning, um, etc. So have a look at those. Please do let us know what you think. Tweet us. Um, let us know what your thoughts are in terms of the topics that Joel has covered today. You can find us on Twitter at LiveUniAcademy and subscribe, rate and review in iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcast. Blah, 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 blah.